So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. You're here with Offroad Minivan. Uh, we're going to ask him some questions today. I'm going to start. What inspired you to start the band, and what does the band name mean? Okay, we started the band like four years ago, and it was just like a fun jam project amongst friends. Um, and the band name itself is, there's a nice, uh, all right, okay. So the name itself came from just one day I was stuck on the interstate and there was a bunch of standstill traffic and a minivan ripped out of the, you know, the road through the grass up on the other side and then down the other end of the highway where it was open. And my fiance just went, oh, look, it's an off-road minivan. And I was like, shit, that's my Jimmy World. All right. <laughs> um, and it just stuck with me, but it fits the ethos of the band where a lot of the songs are about people that I grew up with um, or knew or Hudson Valley-based stories. So the off-road minivan in itself is this may, I hope this doesn't strike you guys personally, be that you're currently of that age. But like for me, when I look back at high school, I grew up in a tiny little town with like one stoplight. And the only thing I'd remember really is like, oh, you remember when like Jack flipped his car on whatchamacallit road and died? Mm -hmm. That is the off-road minivan. It is a flipped van with someone or a family inside of it where it creates the only real like tragedy mm -hmm. that a town small plate small town faces yeah. where things are definitely different now where you have a lot more stories related to overdose and stuff like that in small places but when i was a kid it just seemed like that was all i ever heard mm -hmm. um and i enjoy like tragic stories um i think they're interesting to me it's not that it like makes me super happy but uh, I tend to gravitate more towards um, wanting to tell stories like that because I think mm -hmm. they get left in the dark very often. And, and, you know, who's to say that that person wasn't important just because they weren't like some celebrity doesn't mean that that story shouldn't be told. So I find myself often trying to tell um, these stories. And uh, uh, there's quite a few on the Offered Minivan record that are like authentic, true stories. Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, but, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a little more fucked up than you initially think. <laughs> um, but, you know, and I'm not trying to be like Captain Morbid over here and be like, oh, I think about his death. Like, I'm a super <laughs> happy guy. It's just when you, for me, when you think about a small town like that, you don't think about how many people behind the scenes actually do pass away from really crazy stories, whether it is driving the wrong way on a one-way highway, uh, death by suicide from jumping off of a bridge, being shot in your sleep by your partner, um, like all these kinds of things that just would get left in the dark. And then we balance it out with the occasional nice song, like You is just a hypothetical love story. Mm -hmm. um, Platinum is about pot. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm a pothead. And if you couldn't tell, oh, by the way, my eyes are, but no, <laughs> just kidding. But no, I actually am pothead. It is. It's funny because my parents recently, they were asking about some of the songs and I was like, oh, guess what platinum's about? They're like, what? And I was like, guess. I can't. About weed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that makes it. Once I say that and you go back and read the lyrics, it makes way more sense. Mm -hmm. Um but it sounds really cute and nice, which was like the goal. That's um, nice, yeah. Yeah, because I'm not really like trying to like tell kids to like smoke pot or nothing. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I write about it sometimes because I like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but don't do drugs. Drugs oh. are bad. I swear to God, if I hear of either of you doing them. Ah. Uh, uh. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell your parents. No. I'm write a strongly worded letter. Oh my god. Um, your parents will see your podcast and then be like, "What are we letting them do? <laughs> Talk to this dumb-looking man about no! drugs." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, speaking of the album, congrats, by the way. Thank I you. love it. I, I listened to it. it. 
I'm currently actually stuck on the title track. I just want to say it's my favorite, and we are going to bring it up later in the questions. Um, yes. So how do you feel about the response to Swan Dive that you got? I am very surprised. Um, I don't, you know, we're a small band. So when we first released the EP, we were brand new. So it was just kind of everything we were seeing at first glance was like some people like it, some people don't naturally, but it didn't gain a lot of traction. And we haven't released anything in two years. So I was like, I don't know if this is going to go well, if this isn't, if people are going to care. Um, and I think, one, I haven't seen any comments more negative than, you know, like, oh, this is okay, or uh, music's good, band name sucks, which <laughs> totally get. Um, and people have just been really nice and supportive and said the things that I kind of hope they would, where they're just like, yeah, this reminds me of the stuff that I used to listen to in the early 2000s. It's mm -hmm. an alternative rock band. It's You can't really brand it as just like an emo band or an alternative band or a post-hardcore band because the whole record ebbs and flows between a bunch of different sounds. So it's accomplished what I wanted, which was just like an easy listening album. Mm -hmm. It's not overthought it's not oversaturated with like any fake sounds or any bs not to say that i'm against those things like my other band we we take it to the max and i love it mm -hmm. but this band was meant to be like an organic songwriting process um and everyone's been really nice i didn't necessarily expect it to be as nice as it has been like even though you know people involved like the label and stuff are just like huh Everybody just, everyone that hears it just seems to like it. So our biggest problem is just getting more people to hear it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're not streaming like Post Malone is yet. but um, Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Give it Maybe a year someday. or two. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, so fre it's so fresh that I have to like sit back sometimes like that and be like, dude, you just put this thing out. You're in the middle of a pandemic. You're mm -hmm. in the middle of the new civil rights movement don't give a fuck about your album. <laughs> and that's kind of where I'm at, where this came out right after quarantine really began, which I'm blessed that I was home and able to like look at the numbers and do a lot of interviews and talk about it because I got to give it more attention rather than being on tour with my other band. And uh, it's it's been really nice and and I just don't want it I think it's time will come hopefully if and when it does but we also might be one of those bands where people like American football like 10 years later they're like oh this is really really good why didn't we ever go see this band live mm -hmm. and we'll be like well we never played any concerts so why because um, <laughs> we only play really like 50 shows a year oh wow um and at least in the past Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're hoping to do more because everyone involved has their own jobs and um, families and we three of us tour full time. So I play in a metalcore band called Fit for a King. I kind of got and, that from the posters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I play in that band all year and we, you know, we do 150 shows a year um, and lots of countries and all that jazz. So I don't have a ton of free time outside of because I have a fiance who I very much love and don't want her to leave me. So <laughs> when I'm done working, I come home. Uh, but because of the release and how well people have received it, everyone's kind of on board to really give it a shot. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll definitely be playing more this year. But um, yeah, I'm super thankful all in all. Um, thanks for asking. I appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so how do you feel about the growth from your debut to this release? It's been cool. Like nothing too crazy, but I just, I started seeing at fit concerts, having more fans be like, yo now offered minivan or saying something to me about it, which was really cool. And we started to actually generate our own fan base, people really being interested in asking when things would come and buying merchandise and all that, which the five of us have been friends for so long and we've always been in local bands together mm -hmm. where we very much have imposter syndrome with our band where we don't feel like a you know a real band on a real label you know getting recognition mm -hmm. yeah. we just feel like a bunch of dum-dums who are friends <laughs> um so it's really nice the whole thing has been very uplifting for me um it's it's an adjustment 
for sure. And it, like, you know, we haven't gotten that, like, for instance, like our first music video, Spiral Gaze, I thought was so well done. It deserves 10 million views, mm. but it just didn't get the traction. And I think that these things will just kind of take time for our band. Um, and I think some of that comes with the name. Most people, I think, that read Offered Minivan would assume we're like, weird indie band a country band or a van with large tires um, interesting <laughs> so most people when they hear it i think that the album itself has helped a lot because once you listen to the album and you read the lyrics i think you get what the band name is more so about mm-hmm. but up until that point if you're just going off of okay i see this album artwork and the swan is really pretty but what the fuck is an offered minivan mm. uh it's not an easy sell but i you know it i just like weird things so it's like, you know it's a little difficult but it's been really nice man i'm i'm super happy with the growth people have been cool i'm glad people like the songs and are like taking it for what it is mm-hmm. um cuz it's not you know we're not trying to you know put a big flashbang in the pan we're just just good rock music, you know, <laughs> nice songs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. You love to see it. Oh, yeah. my God. Okay, cool. <laughs> so can you tell me about your headspace while you were creating uh, Swan Dive? Yeah, well, the writing process took about two years. Oh, wow. And we wrote a lot of demos. And the way that our band writes is not like most modern bands where most modern bands now have like one guy and he like writes the music and then everyone else kind of participates and then the singer writes his shit and then they mm-hmm. put it out on the internet mm-hmm. yeah. where ours is we have four songwriters in the band oh wow so i write songs on my own miles writes songs on his own evan writes songs on his own and melvin writes songs on his own and then we all touch on kind of produce each other's tracks and make it all blend together. Um, and everyone starts in a different way where Melvin is a really amazing engineer and records the guitar and bass for our EP and our record. So his demos sound awesome where me, I'm sitting down writing a song on acoustic guitar, coming to practice, being like, Hey, I'm going to play this song and I'm going to sing it. And then I'm going to show you guys the chords. And then you're going to like take it and make it better. And then we like build out the song together as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone has their own different styles. So it takes a lot longer to make the product. Plus you have a lot more ideas because you have a bunch of different people writing different songs. Yeah. So the headspace really shifted a lot from time to time where I had times where I was down in the dumps. I had times where I was um, very happy, but overall it was um, a really reflective record for me where I took my time. I really only said things that I wanted to say. There's one song that was recorded, finished for the album, was on the album, and we pulled it at the end just because we felt like it wasn't done properly. Okay. okay. I get that. And it'll still come out someday. It's called mm-hmm. Candle in the Dark. You can find it on YouTube because um, we played it live before where there's times where two of the other guys will be out on the road doing their job mm-hmm. and we'll get a tour offer so we'll play as a three piece and I'll play guitar one other guy will play guitar and then Evan plays piano oh. and he's act- the drummer is actually like the best piano player ever that's so cool yeah he's insanely insanely talented and him and Miles both went to school for music and music composition and and playing and stuff so there's a lot of really different talented guys in the group that you have to um kind of be patient with and harness and get the best out of Mm -hmm. and then it allows me to take my time and really you know write the songs that i want to write on my own and say the things i want to say and everyone's really embracing of it and helps with that so it's it's cool, man. It's a really, really fun experience and so much different than my other projects that I've been in in the past because there's just so so many different ideas flying all the time where you just yeah. have to like listen to everything and be like, okay, like this part of this thing is so great and this part of this thing is so great. Like 
how can we get these to come together? And, you know, it, yeah, it's fun. it was a great, great process. And we recorded it in a similar fashion where Mel recorded all the guitars and bass at his house. We dr- recorded drums at a studio on Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. We recorded vocals at a studio in New- upstate New York. And then that guy, like, made the guitars and everything and mixed everything, made it all sound a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then a different guy mastered it. So there's just been so many people involved in the project. Yeah. It was it was really annoying. But, <laughs> nice. but it worked out in the end. Yeah, when you're the person having to schedule it, it's really not that fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was cool. I'm I'm very pleased with how everything came out, um, and my headspace was able, I think, to be very. It doing that record was a big cleansing for me. Nice. I needed to do it. I had these songs building for years. Some of these riffs have been saved for years, and I got to say everything I ever wanted to say on an album about where I grew up. And if it was the only thing I ever got to do for that project, I'd be very proud of it. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what made you choose the name for the album, Swan Dive? Well, um, we were we went back and forth with a few of them where, you know, we questioned like we had a few we were we were in a tizzy altogether. We questioned changing the band name. We questioned um, a few different song titles and how we wanted to perceive it. Some of them weren't, um, or album titles, I should say. Some of them weren't based off of the songs. Some of the album titles were just like, well, we love Supernova. Do we call the album Supernova? Hmm. But Swan Dive, I think, was really important because one of the greatest steps in making a record was me and Evan, our drummer, getting to do a lot of the vocal pre-production together. So I would just go to his apartment. We'd have the instrumentals. I would, he would record me singing the parts and we'd work on it together. And after we had had that song, um, like in the original version. So this was before the word Swan Dive was even on the song Swan Dive. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were discussing, because there was a whole different chorus to that song. And the really? chorus of the song, the, what if I die? That was originally the bridge. Huh. So I, yeah, it was a whole, it was, yeah. So, so origi- eventually after having the first demo made, I had the guy who recorded it take out, the, the chorus and put the bridge in the chorus and we were like that sounds like 30 seconds to Mars this is sick I love it um, and I was just you know so that changed that but it didn't have the swan dive hook the falsetto yeah mm-hmm. and Evan and I were discussing like what is this song called and we were talking about what it's about which is about a friend of mine from high school who um, took his own life by jumping off of a bridge in our area mm-hmm. and it uh yeah we were just on the phone and i forget which one of us said it first but it really struck a chord and it kind of fueled this energy where him and i were just bouncing everything back and forth every word of the entire record we went over with a fine tooth comb Mm -hmm. and it just exemplifies the record and i wanted that song even though it's not like a single that dude was so important by not like we weren't best friends or anything, mm-hmm. but the Jamie of that song, he was a really great human and he deserved something that was all his. So it's wow. for him. Like, I don't know. It just works. Mm-hmm. I could visualize it. It sounded right. It felt right. Um, nothing else just seemed proper and it and it brings more understanding to the name off-road minivan Mm -hmm. so all in all i'm very happy with it but yeah it's from it's for my dog he's a cool guy i you know everybody deserves to have a little 
spotlight put on them sometimes and sometimes it's a little too late mm-hmm. so, you know not to get all i always get all sappy when i talk about it but yeah. you know yeah i know i'm bald and i look like a meathead but i swear to god i have emotions <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah okay so, yeah Very awesome and, and yeah it just yeah he was a really really good dude Last time I saw him was my 10-year high school reunion, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some, like, awkward things that happened, and then shortly thereafter, maybe in a couple months, this happened. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of sit back, and you're like, how the fuck is that the last time I ever saw that person? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just very supportive of me in my career in music so i wanted to give it back a little bit wow yeah Yeah. wow okay wow yeah dude hell yeah yeah oh my god life is like a box of chocolates and then somebody jumps off the bridge and you write a song about it um yeah (laughs) you like that on the podcast Damn. I know. I always have to really curb things with my awkward humor because otherwise I'll end up just crying during these fucking interviews. <laughs> I did like last yeah. week. I yeah, I, it I did like recently, and it was just so weird. But it was obviously like I think everyone's been like peak emotions mm-hmm. um, lately, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's tough to talk about this stuff. But you got to write about what's real. Yeah, you know, you have to write about things that actually matter to you otherwise what's the fucking point i mean there's a lot of great songwriting that's done just for the sake of songwriting and i don't knock it at all Mm -hmm. um but for me i try to keep it a little bit more authentic like i want to be able to you know i could discuss each song for a fucking hour a piece like you know you should i feel like you should be that thorough with your art if Mm -hmm. you're gonna redeem it as such you know oh yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah. Respect wow. it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I know I'm weird. I'm sorry. No, um. no. <laughs> no, she's I think she's doing it cuz the answers are so good. Yeah, yeah. Like that was my favorite song off of the record. Like I told Shane, I was listening to it and I was like, "Jesus Christ, every single bit of this song just hits hard." Just like ev- yeah. So, now that you tell me that, it just adds like a whole another layer and just it okay yeah yeah the book the book referenced in it you know because this is feels more natural talking to you guys about it because you're in high school is it's a a high school yearbook man wow more than a face in a book on a shelf that's like is he gonna be more than just some guy that's in my parents fucking basement in my yearbook (laughs) you know and you for the older you get these things they become you know, a little more numb and distant and you hear about, oh, this guy died of this, this guy had cancer, this guy had an overdose, this guy died in a car accident. And you stop thinking about, dude, man, I sat next to that guy for a whole fucking year once Mm -hmm. and we had such a good time. And, you know, Jamie, for instance, which isn't his real name, I just changed it because his parents were so struck by this they didn't even do an obituary in the newspaper you know what i mean like this was a tragic thing and no one's spoken about it but i grew up doing taekwondo with this guy i saw him you know in school i saw him after school for 10 years of my life i sat next to him in classes i you know and we weren't the best of friends but you get to know somebody through that Mm -hmm. but the problem is i still never saw the struggle you know yeah and that that person himself he was born with cancer and he had a surgery when he was an infant and he could only you know i'm not going to tell too much but the dude just had a hard fucking life yeah and you know a lot of people do and i think that now people are starting to wake up and acknowledge these things and realize it and notice that, you know, daily pain. And it's good to reach out to those that you care about, and, mm-hmm. you know, speak to them and try to do your best before it is too late. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, hopefully in the matrix and the heavens, whatever, he can hear this song and be like, my dog, mm-hmm. you got me. Yeah. 
that's that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Dun dun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's you know, I like. I I'm very thankful that we got to make the songs we did because some you know like I said a lot of them are uplifting. Some mm-hmm. of them are just personal, like super cathartic, like Supernova is just about how I have a bad temper. Mm-hmm. And it's fun where eventually, for instance, like Spiral Gaze, I wrote that song when we first put out the EP. And it was about a friend of mine where most people think it's about like a love relationship where it was about a, a dude, a friend of mine mm-hmm. who I had a falling out with. Mm-hmm. And we recently just started talking again. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man spiral gaze is so good it really fucks me up and i was like good man it should it's all about you and he was like (laughs) i thought so and i just didn't know how to ask you and i was like oh yeah dude that's 100 percent you through and through and he was like well goddamn (laughs) you know it's there has to be a level of honesty i think with these kinds of things and for me it, it helps me to sort out my life always has you know whenever i was a little kid and started getting upset about stuff i would i I started writing and my mom my mom has my first song i ever wrote somewhere it's in some like photo book shit Mm -hmm. but yeah it's cool like i think everyone should try it if you can't write out your feelings like well i should say writing out your feelings is a great way to process them because then you can Mm -hmm. just really look at them Mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of songs start it doesn't have to rhyme just just write put it down yeah you know so yeah word 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 definitely (laughs) okay so wow this is i don't i don't have a good transition moving to something a little Um, bit more lighthearted. you know (laughs) um yeah sorry like (laughs) let's keep it fun you know it's all good it just some of it gets a little gets a little sad and dark sometimes and i don't mean it to and you know i try to keep it as light as i can but it's difficult when talking about certain aspects and certain mm-hmm. songs mm-hmm. where you know there are sad sounding songs where like vampire sounds super sad doesn't make me want to cry when i talk about it mm-hmm. totally fine <laughs> so you know it's just that's the only that's the only one and you know what to end your question i think that's why the song the album title wow just cause it's just, a heavy hitting song it's it's heavy man and it's real as fuck and it mm-hmm. feels proper where even the opening lines for the longest time, Jamie, a man who takes the cake for holding it all down. I thought about those lines and I thought they were so silly. And I was just like, I got to change it. I got to change it. But no matter what, I just couldn't fucking change it because it just Mm. felt right to me. Um, So I think that's just what I'm proud of. And it, I could visualize the artwork in my head because I already like, we had an ethos that we wanted to go for. We don't like things to be too busy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy that made it, I mean, he just smacked it out. Like, Definitely. it wasn't even like I had to give him a bunch of edits. I li- the only edit was like, can you get rid of this, like, one ink blot dot? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was an awesome experience on that end. So, yeah, that sums up the album title. In- Twenty minutes. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Um, always glad to talk about this stuff because I think one of the things I've noticed most in my years of touring is people just want somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. and that's why they're so willing to. You know, if I go through my DMs on Instagram, you get these super deep, heartfelt messages from people because they're just so desperate to talk. Where. I want them to see that I too am, and I'm just as desperate Mm -hmm. where I have things I'm trying to get off my chest too. And I think that that opens a comfort level where when I discuss things to, uh, you know, to the, I guess the level that I do discuss them, uh, I think it leaves myself a little more vulnerable for someone to come and talk to me about it. Be like, Hey, you know what? My friend also, you know, committed suicide or my, my cousin or whatever. And, I just need somebody to process these feelings with. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I like I like talking to people. So, so you know, just about being vulnerable. That's yeah. all. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
So, wow, this is, again, I don't have a good transition for this, but I'm just going to go straight okay. for it. Um, I got some new workout bands in the mail. Are you guys oh excited my God. for me? I'm, yeah. I'm very excited <laughs> for it. <laughs> now that's a way to transition. There we go. All right. Thank oh, you. No. Um, so You're what welcome. band or artist influences do you think you can hear on Swan Dive? Not the title track, but the actual album itself. Okay. I would say there's quite a few. I mean, the ones I use the most are like, there's some songs that sound more in the realm of Jimmy World and Third Eye Blind and like mm -hmm. your more fun stuff. And then you is like a third eye blind Coldplay ripoff. <clears throat> Sorry, I just had that <laughs> billowing. Um, and then there's songs like um, Swan Dive, Vampire, Keepsake, Carousel Blues. I think they dip into our post-hardcore roots with bands like AFI, Thursday, um, Coheed and Cambria. And even for me, one person I think about a lot when I'm trying to write choruses is 30 Seconds to Mars or Jared Leto. Um, just because I love the way he releases where the thing I like about the Swan Dive chorus was when it was originally the bridge, I didn't have like a melody in my head. I just wrote those words down and then I just sang them mm -hmm. and then it ended up being cool. Yeah. That was it. And wow. I, I like how sometimes you just have to like kind of just open the box and just mm -hmm. let it be. Um, so I, I would say there's definitely the post-hardcore elements and I, we love that, like the early scene stuff, like some Armor for Sleep mm -hmm. and uh, Thrice and Thursday and AFI and bands like that. And then there's the lighter side that I view as like trying to keep it a little more wholesome, a little more commercial, um, not in like a negative sense, but like I want to write songs that could be in Starbucks too. Mm -hmm. That would be cool as shit. That would be or like cool. on like the notebook or like Garden State or something. Like mm -hmm. I'd love to be the shins, but not the shin. Yeah, um, yeah, I get that. So I think it ranges and it, you know, we're kind of, yeah, I think those are some good bands that I think we sound like-ish, kind of like that. Those are definitely ones that ref like I reference and then Really, all in all, with like vocal delivery, I just want to be Chris Caraba from Dashboard Confessional. Oh, okay. all right. Yeah, Solid. I think he's like the best male singer like ever. He's so good. Valid. And he's hot. And I want <laughs> to, I want him, and I want to be him. And get well soon, Chris Caraba, because he just got into a terrible motorcycle accident oh. in the hospital right now. But hmm. yeah, he's who taught me how to get into my feelings. Oh. Yeah, because it was like Dashboard when I was in middle school was the first thing I heard that I really gravitated towards where I was like, oh, I'm going to do my hair like you and I'm mm -hmm. going to dress like you and I'm mm -hmm. going to learn how to play guitar. And I'm going to like he was he's a real idol of mine. Um, so I guess, yeah, like guys like that, Circus Survive and Thrice are probably like major, major influences for me when it comes to this stuff. But, yeah. All right. Uh, so on this album, what song took the longest to write? It's uh... <laughs> a thinker. Maybe I would say Deconic took a while. Mm -hmm. That was it. That one took a bit because um, that one went through quite a few, like three or four, like workings and recording like a few different recording sessions and like trying to really get that one to i had a really specific sound in my head for that song and yeah. it took a while um so i would say that song um and yeah that song that song. I would All say right. that song. Yeah, I think that one was the most difficult to get right because it's it's so soft, and it's got to be properly soft. And sometimes, like everyone wants to just bang on their instruments all the fucking time. Yeah, and I just want them to shut up and like let me <laughs> like hear some bass guitar for a minute and let me sing sad songs. Um, so that one was like a good learning experience. That one in Supernova took work to make them be properly 
to let them build properly. You know, it's mm -hmm. got to be a crescendo, not just like a, you know, standard going to hit you in the face all the time kind of thing. It's like a, so, oh, uphill, so uphill guy. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess the, the really the hardest one to root for the record is the one that's not on the record. Bruh. Scandal in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that one just like, it didn't sound right in the end. It's my Starbucks track on the reels though. Like it's going to oh. like, it's cute as fuck. I wrote mm -hmm. it for my fiance. It's Aww. super cute. And it's just a nice little love song, but it wasn't soft enough. It sounds too mechanical. Mm -hmm. oh. so i just we pulled it it'll come out someday it's good it's just not it's not there yet you know i get that yeah but yeah that one was a pain in the ass because also there's a guitar solo in it and i was on tour and i this was a song that i wrote and then like was like it was another one to hey i wrote all these chords and like this is the melody and like this is how I want it played, but you guys have to play it, which is always difficult because no one's ever going to do anything exactly the way that you do something. Yeah. And there was a guitar solo part. And I told Miles like 20 times he'd send me a solo. I'd be like, no, not right. It's got to be right. more like this. Mm -hmm. Nope, not right. Got, like, I was such an asshat about it. Um, <laughs> and that's why it's still not on the album. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get that. Uh, yeah. yeah seriously so you know it'll come out someday it's cute mm -hmm. you can watch me wiggle to it on youtube <laughs> but, yeah awesome. i'm excited yeah. to hear that yeah because i like playing i i write a lot not a lot of the songs but i write some of the songs and i love playing guitar i'm just not nearly as good as everyone else mm -hmm. so i don't do it very often that's, that's why we only play i only play guitar if we're doing like acoustic tours where things are easy and soft and things I'm capable of. <laughs> but, yeah. So, speaking of future releases, are you planning on releasing anything uh, when, well, because quarantine's over, are you planning on releasing anything sometime soon? Yeah. Um, on the digital side, we still have a video for Vampire that's going to come out. Mm -hmm. We have a video that we're putting together for your Platinum that's going to come out. Ooh. And that's just all like fan submission stuff. So it was really a pain in the ass, but it's super fun. <laughs> okay. Um, it was literally every like two or three seconds is a different person. So oh, wow. Yeah. Not, so that's a lot. Yeah, pain in the ass. Um, but we are going to a studio in South Jersey in Pills, Pills Grove um, at the end uh, er, beginning of July. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a five song set, uh, like audio tree style. Have you guys ever seen those videos? Yes, all the time. So we're we're doing like that, but not at audio tree because we're not famous. Um, and we're doing uh, it's harder to make it, Swan Dive, uh, Spiral Gaze, mm -hmm. Vampire, and You. And Ooh. we're going to track all of those live and have a videographer come and do, like... Audio so we're, style. We're doing that. Yeah. Audio oh, my God. So, That's so exciting. Um, so that'll come out sooner than later. Um, and... Uh, That's it for now. Uh, I think, like, we're... I'm working on a song at the moment. Like, we're always writing. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. just... That's the perk of having so many people in the band that do write, where we already have quite a few new songs. Um, they're not, like, finished, but they're there. So we'll come out with stuff eventually. I don't think we'll do another two years before you hear things. It's just mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like to do more singles. It uh, Contracts just make that difficult. Yeah. I get that, yeah. Where it's like, if I don't want to wait too long because... You know, the longer you wait, the longer that that contract is operating, which is a good thing. And uh, but sometimes you want to grow and you can grow a little faster if you release albums every 18 months, like every other motherfucker on the planet. Mm. Bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so back to the album. Uh, how did you choose the opener and closer for the album? Did you write them that way or did they just kind of fall into nope. place? Uh, no, we the OK. 
originally we've pictured swan dive as the opener Mm -hmm. um and it's the opener usually like not usually sometimes when we play live Mm -hmm. uh because i love the way it hits just very jarring Mm -hmm. but evan the drummer his favorite song on the record is it's harder to make it below third Mm -hmm. and he really pushed for it and thought it was a great way to start. And I think it is the best way to start the record because for me, what that song feels like is me getting out of senior year of high school, getting in my car, opening the sunroof and like hitting the road and blasting that track on a, as I drive out of school. Mm-hmm. And it's like that beginning of summer track where I didn't want to start the record being like, hey, Jeff. Sadness, <laughs> yeah. I wanted it to be fun and be like, yeah. hey, like, because the song itself, it's harder to make it, is a very, um, it is a sad topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just presented in such a fun way where you'd never fucking know. Mm-hmm. But even though I do sing about like cutting old ladies' faces off and shit, but <laughs> yeah, not off, but slicing them with broken bottles mm-hmm. and whatnot. But yeah, because yeah. Below Third is an area in uh, Hudson, New York where I, I lived for a few years, but it's where my, my father grew up and my grandma had an antique shop in that town, like all throughout high school, but 50% of kids don't graduate high school. Oh, wow. And <clears throat> they're one of those towns like South, like in South Park, the Shatika town, where mm-hmm. a bunch of people came and bought up all the main strip and made it really nice and put super fancy restaurants and like hotels you can't afford and shit. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, Oh, we'll come and hang out below third where there's the project and the one shitty bar that only people that actually live here like to go to. Come <laughs> hang out. And uh, so that's why I wrote it as it's harder to make it below third where it's one of those towns where everything else is so nice and it looks so great. But if you live on the one end of town where the real people that are actually from that fucking city live, it's not so nice for them. The gentrification mm-hmm. has really fucked up their life. So, um, yeah, it just... It was a fun track. It was proper. It's a good way to start it. It's up like a fun, like um, in terms of the music is very like upbeat, but it gets the the story moving where it's like, okay, we're going to start talking about this area and break it apart a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was an Evan move. He really shot for that one. And I think he was right. I'm very glad that it's the opening track. It feels right to me now when I spin it for sure. Yeah, and the ending track, so that was one of the later songs written, and it was a weird one, because I I wrote most of it in different pieces, Mm -hmm. where I had originally just a, where I'm singing Mm -hmm. all that, you share one and a friend, and all that shit, Mm -hmm. and then I wrote a different song where I was pretending to be Third Eye Blind, where if you play the, like, uh, and if you sing it like steven uh-huh. it sounds like a third eye barn song so mm-hmm. i was like oh that's cool and then so i wanted it to be two separate songs and then i was like bam we'll just like make it into one song and then they yeah fucked and then it was one song and then our ep ended with a breakdown Uh um, previously so the reason why it's definitely the last track is because it has a breakdown in it Um, and the breakdown on that song originally was not what I wanted I wanted it to be way more different I wanted it to be more like um, like brand new sewing season kind of breakdown but it ended up more like a gent breakdown Uh and I like it now a lot because it shows the band's influence more where Evan and Melvin really love like that kind of metal. And then in the background, you still have the like Coheed and Cambria-esque riff. Mm -hmm. So it all blends together real nice. Um, But yeah, got to end it with the breakdown. It's necessary because we like breakdowns and like every practice ends with breakdowns. Oh yeah. Wow. You love to see it. Breakdowns are good. Yeah. Yes. They are. Yeah, I, I like breakdowns. Yeah. Breakdowns are good. Breakdowns are yeah. good. Yeah. Screamo's sick. Breakdowns are sick. I love that kind of shit. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just don't want to do it all the time in yeah. the band. I want to do it once. Like as, as a treat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
That's exactly. all it is. That's the one time where I just, at the end of the show, I get to kick things and kick people and oh my god, shit and be weird. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like mosh while I sing. Oh, that's weird. so cool. That's I awesome. mosh and I dance. I dance and I mosh, and I have a good time. As you should. Um, I think that's my favorite part of being in this project is getting to be like completely uninhibited. Mm-hmm. Where the vampire video touches on that a bit, where I dipped into my like theater roots mm-hmm. and i i shouldn't say i fully like choreographed but i did like some dancing parts where it was really just in my brain mm-hmm. but um and i got to do full makeup and get really weird mm-hmm. and i painted myself red and i look like this like demon like super cool that's pretty really cool. fun for me and we got to put makeup on all the guys in the band mm-hmm. and it was really fun and um yeah, I don't know. I got like that side. I always love to like showcase a little bit to get a little weird and uninhibited. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I kind of lost where we're at here. I just started <laughs> rambling about some shit. It's okay. It's okay. Well, yeah. you brought up live shows actually, and that's the next question. What three songs from the album are you looking forward to playing live the most? We've already played quite a few of them. Oh. But because uh, we've been, you know, as we wrote this record. So essentially when we wrote the EP, those were the only songs we had. We just oh. had one other song. Because mm-hmm. long story short, Tooth and Nail Records and Solid State Records, which Solid State Records has fit for a kick, I understand. Mm-hmm. Tooth and Nail Records and Solid State are owned by the same man. Mm-hmm. And the same A&R person represents both labels Mm -hmm. so when we started this band we finished the song spiral gaze which we wrote at our first practice and then we melvin made a demo of it and i sent it to the label and they were like yeah this is really cool what do you want to do i was like i put out an ep and like maybe make a music video and they're like yeah sounds good and i was like okay so the band's getting signed they're like yeah and so we had to write more music (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so we made the EP and once, you know, it had been a year of that, we just had kept writing songs. And as we wrote those songs, we wanted to play them live where you can't write a song like Swan Dive mm-hmm. and then not play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can't go play the other songs, but know you've got that one. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm just not going to play this for you guys. And a lot of bands do that because they don't want people's first impressions to be the live version but without doing that sometimes i can't figure out how to finish the song mm-hmm. where sometimes you'll go and play something you'll be like actually that part sucks live like we should not do that um we should change it and mm-hmm. i think it helped to mold the record a little bit more but my my three favorites play live swan dive um i love to play supernova mm-hmm. and i love to play bliss a lot because bliss i get to like just jump and dance and be like a little pogo stick <laughs> fun i, I feel like see Haley, i feel like Haley williams when i sing that song like you love to see it honestly yeah Hell yeah like she's one of my big influences for stage presence where i love the way she dances and moves mm-hmm. and just doesn't give a fuck like mm-hmm. it's all in the hips and she's just doing her thing and that's exactly how i want to be on stage I was like, it's an interesting thing to say, but I'm very, I'm not super influenced by male stage presence very much. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like to do like my mosh moves and spin around and do that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I just like dancing mm-hmm. and I think that it feels better. And most men, when they sing their songs, aren't like Matt from 1975 where they're like really getting into it and like yeah. like if you're gonna sing a sexy song be sexy don't like just sit there like a stiff and be like yeah i want to i want to give you my bod like that's fucking boring like do it feel it feel you know it. so i like that she does that where when whether she's playing decode i i can see the anguish in her and then when she's playing singing ain't it fun and just, mm-hmm. ain't it fun? like i i want to be like that so of course you're like that yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's great it's the best. She's the best. So, yeah. yeah, those are the three. I think those Same. are my 
Yeah. Yeah. Carousel Blues is really fun too because vocally it's not too difficult and I like the breakdown. But I always end up hurting myself during the oh. breakdown because either like our last tour we did, I fractured my hand on Melvin's guitar. Dear God. And then and Dave during the video shoot for Vampire, he was he spun his bass around. He tuna chopped the shit out of my arm. Like we always end up hitting each other because uh-huh. oh. everybody gets all crazy. Yeah. But Carousel is one super fun to play. So I'm going to say those four. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm breaking the rules. Damn. Awesome. Um, So for the last couple questions, we're going to shift away from music, and we're going to go straight Mm -hmm. to death row. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? Hmm. Um, The drink is difficult, because it will really depend on the day, but I'm going to go either um, a whiskey ginger with Jameson, Mm -hmm. A margarita or a mojito depending on my meal but really right now the meal is difficult because like i might be on death row and be like no the last thing i need is like a mound of really good barbecue like pulled pork mm-hmm. and maybe some non bread with like lowry's on it mm-hmm. and some butter and maybe like <laughs> butternut squash mash and like some mac and cheese and then, like, a milkshake to finish all that shit up. Solid. I think that's something about, about like, that. Either that or I'd be in one of my chicken farm moods where I'd be like, no, oh, I have to have, like, chicken farm. Mm-hmm. Like, the best best chicken farm sub you can find on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be super good. Um, yeah. I think I'd probably that. Yeah. Solid. Solid. That's a good one. like that one. Yeah. So, I have the honor of asking the last question, and everybody we've spoken to have said it's the most important question. Okay. What is your favorite color? Lavender. Oh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it fits you. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very lavender on the inside. Um, I have just I love purple. I I don't know. I think as a kid, I always said you know green's my favorite color, and I love mm-hmm. green. But I think like when I became able to old enough where i was like oh wait i'm gonna like really choose my favorite color mm-hmm. my favorite color is definitely lavender i always gravitate towards it i love to wear it i love mm-hmm. that anything that it has that color in it i'm actually designing a new guitar right now Ooh. that's gonna be like a, it's gonna have lavender in it but like lavender to like a dark purple to black sparkle it's gonna be beautiful that's sick yeah um yeah it's that uh, you know it's just it's so beautiful i love mm-hmm. it oh yeah. yeah yeah delicate and nice and just always sticks out mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that is an important question it i is. think yeah very loaded you know honestly i'm super triggered that you asked me my favorite color mm-hmm. um i'm offended i my favorite color is black which is not a color it's a because shade i don't yeah mm-hmm. colors are stupid Colors are for sissies. <laughs> Finally, somebody said it. Um, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. What are you guys' favorite colors? Yellow. Black. What kind of yellow? Um. Like Lambo yellow. That yellow. Like... If you want to, if you want a, a code, a hex code, it's FCE three hundred. How the fuck that do you know that off the, the top of your head? Code. See, Twenty One Pilots has done stuff to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like. It's a whole thing. Wow. And, yeah, they so made is it like the mask. yellow that they use on the last album artwork? It's Yeah, that's the exact yellow. Okay. I yeah. can't believe it, you know it off the top the... of your head. I it's... hate you. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a problem. But thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, what's yours, dude? Um, well, typically I would say black, but we just had the it's a shade conversation. It's a shade. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not a color, dude. So, no. Void of all colors. Other than mm-hmm. that, like purple has always stuck out to me. Purple's so like good. A nice purple, yeah. Like a nice plum. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love purple. Purple is an incredible color. It is. You know, very, very underrated. Definitely. Very passionate color. Mm-hmm. You know, you could tell a lot with purples, man. Like yeah. green, what's it just going to look like trees or puke? <laughs> you know, that's stupid. Lavender, it stays dope the whole way through. Exactly. Yeah. Blue's kind of like that. Yeah. 
We usually get, yeah, those are the ones that we usually get. Blue, purple, and nobody said yellow. And that makes me so sad. Everybody's against yellow. So when I was in high school, I wasn't against yellow. When I was Mm -hmm. in high school, I had two buddies, and we went through this phase where, like, at the time, the outfit was girl pants, like, really Mm -hmm. tight girl jeans, super tight t-shirt, studded belt, and you always had a bandana in your back pocket. Yeah. And... My my buddy, one always wore red, one always wore blue, and I always had yellow. Mm-hmm. So I would wear a lot of yellow clothing. I had a yellow bandana in my pocket at all times. So I'm with you on the yellow. Thank you. I do I love me it. some yellow. I just look so gross in it sometimes. I have Probably one too. yellow shirt that's like a more pastel yellow. Mm-hmm. Like I can wear those, the more like earth tony pastel yellows. <clears throat> but bright ones I can't do anymore just because I... Um, too much reddish hint mm-hmm. going on. I get that. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't look very good. You would look great in yellow. I don't understand what you're saying. You don't wear yellow. It's, I, <laughs> I tried. It doesn't work. You don't like it? No. Um, it's a tough color no. to pull off. It's it a is. Very difficult yeah. Color to pull off. Yeah. Just like purple. I mean, I can only wear certain lavender pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, I had this one lavender crew neck that I wore for years, mm-hmm. and currently it's in my fiance's closet because I'm not laying claim to it at the moment. I have mm-hmm. like a, it's like, man, do I feel as G in this as I should? And it's a little faded. It's a little more grayish now mm-hmm. where I want it to be real light lavender. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Wholesome. Cool. Colors are tight. They are. I like colors. Yeah. Awesome. What's your least favorite color? Yellow. Shut up. No. I'm going to shut up real quick. No, I'm kidding. Orange or yellow? Just something about them. Wow, you're actually serious. I'm dead serious, yeah. I'm not like trying to piss you off. I'm dead serious. Wow, so you must not like my background then. Okay. I can't stand it. Um, I I I love it. Thank you. Um, Are those like drawings of yours on the back? Or what's the like little, like the man and woman in the middle? Oh. (laughs) When is that all this stuff? Um, that's Dan and Phil. Um, I got them at a show that my brothers took me to because okay. they did a, a stage show and it was really cool. Um, and then all these little things are paintings that I've done. And then this is a poster that I got. And then these are uh, magazines that I got with the poster that my brother got for my birthday. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's important to have cool design in your home. Yeah. It is, yeah. Express yourself, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess what's my least favorite color? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain shades of orange that I'll just never try to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like orange as a color. I like autumn colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I like earth tones a lot. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big pastel fan. Like, Ooh. But it's least favorite color. There's like a really dark purple that's like murky, and I hate it with my entire being. <laughs> that's what my fiance hates purple too. She oh no, I like purple. I just don't like the the murky one where it's getting close to a gray, but it still counts as a purple. I don't like that. It annoys me so. And I have it on my wall, but like I have because I painted my wall a little bit. Um, so it's just yeah. Yeah. This is a really tough question. It is. The favorite. It's tough and you asked it. Favorite is easy. (laughs) But like, yeah, shit. Um, I hate pink because it's for girls. (laughs) And I'm a fucking man. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This is America. I don't like no pink. That's a singer. She sucks. <laughs> you guys, you got me. You got me unhinged. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Finally. you guys are sec- my second interview this morning. So the first one I was a little more stiff on. This one I'm I'm losing it. I felt um, that. Like, Dude, after yeah. interview number five of the day, it's just unhinged, mm-hmm. you know. I'm just, just so fucking stumped though as to what my least favorite color is. Maybe like, like a an eggshell white. <laughs> nah, man. 
Yo, I got this Supreme shirt that says Shell White. It looks real nice on me. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with some shade of orange, I guess. Orange. Uh-huh. All right. Solid. My brother is crying in the distance. <laughs> well, um, tell him to buck up, soldier. <laughs> so, uh, as Gory said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything you would like yeah. to plug? No. Well, yeah. I do, but also sorry. I just started adding guitar at the last. Oh, it's like, all good. It's all good. Here. It's I fine. I just, it's here, and then I can't not touch it. I mean, it, it nice added like a nice, you know, cool. to the end vibe. So like yeah. Okay, things to plug. Yes. <laughs> One, uh, there it will be more. Uh, there's going to be an off-road minivan music video for the song Vampire coming mm-hmm. soon. There is uh, going to be the live. Uh, audio tree style set which will be very cool um, we have uh, Fit for a King is dropping new music soon in the mm-hmm. record if you would like to hear more of my personal bullshit I have a podcast called Get Tucked mm-hmm. and you can listen to that anywhere you listen to podcasts um, it's just me and my metalcore bros doing metalcore things talking metalcore shit mm-hmm. and uh very fun. Not all just metalcore guys. I did all Fitbird King, all of Alfred Minivan, and a bunch of other friends. This was my quarantine project was I started a show. Um, so, yeah, get tucked anywhere you listen to podcasts. Listen to my bands, Alfred Minivan and Fitbird King. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all, all my right. plugging. All right. Yeah, awesome. and the only other kind of plugs I would like are hair plugs. If you would like to put them in my head, because <laughs> I don't. I have one bang left, Bruh. and it's gone right now. But I can grow it out if you want. Oh my god! <laughs> so if you have any of those, hook a brother up. Um, but yeah, that's it. All right, that's all I got for you guys. Hell yeah! Um, this was fun. This one, I yeah. had a great time with you today. Yeah, this awesome. was yeah. much more of a conversation. I'm sorry I cussed so much on your show dude it's okay it's all good. but you you know what though i feel like your parents probably like or like you know someone that watches over you will watch your show and then be like who the fuck is this troll oh and, dude it's it's um, honestly cursing isn't that bad as we had somebody literally like hit a bong multiple times in an interview on camera yeah so like dude it's fine yeah. we don't mind. no i you know no slurs you, and limited yeah. drug use that's mm-hmm. all we ask for. That's all we ask. Well, geez, yeah, I hope so, yeah. for the love of God. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the thing that's interesting with that, too, if anyone would like to look something up, I did years ago, I did a video with um, Heart Support where mm-hmm. I did speak about my own personal issues with uh, partying, drugs, myself, like if you want to go ahead and deep dive and get more into the sappy stuff. That's something. Now, mind you, I'm not up here being like, I was a terrible drug addict and I had to have my life saved. And it's one of those things that I've realized more so as time has gone on where if I watch that video, I don't like everything that I say in it because I make my life seem worse than it was. Where Really, I came from a very white picket fence situation. My parents have been together since high school. They're cute as fuck. They love me. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. But I've made some poor choices where... I just did some things I shouldn't have done, partied too hard, um, did some drugs I shouldn't have done, let things get out of hand, and took my life in a direction that it didn't need to be going in. And it's okay to make mistakes. A lot of people are going to make mistakes. As you guys grow up, you go to college, you start to experience the world, I'm sure you'll make a few. Mm -hmm. Um, But just be smart and always remember that it's more important to care about the long term for yourself where you know those things are very short term they're money and it's just getting your blood pumping or slowing it down you know just enjoy yourselves enjoy your youth don't feel so pressured by society to go out and take it to the max and party and be like snooky and do all this stupid shit be yourself and i was luckily i didn't um Gosh, I never smoked anything in high school, not even a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I got drunk the last week of my senior year of high school. And in my 20s, I just gradually started participating in things more. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, my life has ended up just fine. 
and I haven't uh, ended up some crackhead. But that's good to hear. Yeah, that's great. You know, just you know, be careful as you grow up. And to uh, whoever watches this, whether it be someone that cares about the both of you or anyone else, uh, I never mean to glorify anything like when I make jokes about pot. Um, don't want you guys going and doing stupid shit just because stupid people like me say something. It's not a, <laughs> yeah. not appropriate. And I think that that's one of those boundaries that I have trouble with when doing these interviews um, is like keeping it proper. And uh, so no disrespect meant to the both of you uh, today. And I hope you were just fine. So, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's important. So you know, people mm -hmm. have too many, too many influences, too many pressures these days, mm -hmm. and it's uh, a lot. I can't imagine if I had to go through all this stuff again, growing up and whatnot. The only thing I would do differently is I wouldn't flat iron my hair so much, and I wouldn't shampoo so much. Mm -hmm. But then it would maybe I'd still have some. But in terms of those kinds of life choices. I just didn't feel, ever feel pressured the way it appears like you guys are being pressured mm -hmm. uh, to grow up. And uh, growing up sucks. It's paying taxes and, um, you know, having to pay car insurance and deal with things that you really don't want to have to deal with. Enjoy mm -hmm. the fun while you can. Enjoy your education. Enjoy your passions, your hobbies. Take it to the max. Use this time to pursue your dreams. Hell yeah. Don't yes. just sign up for something stupid because that was the one thing at least my parents were extremely incredible with where they knew very early on all I wanted to do was perform whether it be on Broadway or in a band mm -hmm. and um, fully pushed me supported me funded me helped me um, constantly so make sure you're just pursuing your actual dreams the things that you really want to do and not just what other people tell you to do because it makes sense there are mm -hmm. plenty of engineers, but we can always use better art. So, you oh. know. Wholesome. And with that, yeah. we're going to cut it off there. <laughs> so uh, thank right. you for sitting down with us. This mm -hmm. has been Ryan from Off-Road Minivan, and we're the Good Noise Podcast.